Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Manns McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm a senior entertainment editor at Today.com. I'm Kristen Evans, and I'm a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up Shalita Grant, actress and founder of the company Four Naturals Hair. Shalita is a Tony Award-nominated actress whose career on the stage has included runs at the Public Theater and Lincoln Center Theater, including originating the role of Cassandra in Christopher Durang's comedy, Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike. Grant is well-known for her recurring role on NCIS New Orleans, Search Party, The Santa Clarita Diet, and most recently, the most recent season of You. She has recently read and loved Octavia Butler's Bloodchild and other short stories and Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability, and says that she loves fall, especially because of the cozy socks, and could spend a whole autumn in Barcelona. Her perfect day includes a hike with her girlfriend and a cuddle with her dogs, and she's a snob about pizza. We'll use our extremely scientific process of examining answers to dating questions like these ones to help Shalita make a match with a great book. Shalita, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is going to be so fun. We are looking forward to it. And we'll definitely get to talking about your work and about books. But I'm sorry, when you say you're a snob about pizza, we have to know what is good pizza to you? Pizza snob. So um, (laughs) good pizza to me is uh, so New York, you know, like I feel like the city raised me. I was there from 17 to like 25. Um, So good pizza to me. It's a good sauce, good cheese ratio. The crust is where it's really at for me. I I typically go wood fired, the very doughy kind of I hate that. So I would rather have no pizza than shitty pizza. How do you get to know your characters when you're working on a new project? Oh, well, I typically, I have like a little system that I do. It's a little shorthand that I learned from Juilliard. And it's um, the, I asked the question, what does the producer or writer say about the character? So I get that from, you know, descriptions, script notes, producer meetings. What do the other characters say about my character? And what does my character say about themselves? And so just from those three questions, and I write it all down. So I like have this little character notebook that looks like a serial killer, like study book. Um, (laughs) But with all of these data points, I'm able to kind of like triangulate like, oh, this is the world that this character operates in. And this is like the way that they see them themselves and the way that they see the world. And I love it when the character is unaware, like un- unself-aware. So you ha- you have that situation where the characters in the world of the character think that, you know, my character is one way and my character is totally unself-aware and like has a completely different view of like who they are. And so that's a fun tension to work with too. So that's kind of how I start. And then from there, in the playing of a thing, I like to 
keep things like super loose. So I typically don't, I'm not an actor that memorizes my lines the night before. On the day, I know things change so often. So on the day, I'm, I'm aware of like basically what the scene is about, but I memorize on my feet. So I have good, I have good visual memory and I learn with movement from theater, like you know, working in the theater. So in rehearsal for TV, it's really short. It's usually like five minutes. So it's in that five minute time that I like learn the skeleton of the scene. And then during the breaks, I like learn the rest of the lines, but it's super loose because I like to play with the other actors, you know, like I like to keep things super alive. So I'm not married to one performance. I'll change if the other character you know, does something that causes me to change or if the director wants something different, I'm super loose like that. That's so incredible. Well, and that kind of leads into um, all of us obviously love books and we get sucked into the world of books, but what is it like to read fiction as an actor? Do you find yourself falling into scenes in a different way or picturing it while you're reading it? How, how is that experience for you? My history with reading, I used to love reading as a little girl. I did the Book It program. I did the Accelerated Readers thing. I would read series, you know, just I loved reading. And I like to get in it in my imagination. Like a good writer can like describe a scene well enough where I feel like, oh, okay, like I can, I can see it and I can see myself in it. So yeah, like I get into it like it's it's the best like imaginary play or like TV show. I guess like a book is like a TV show because <laughs> it's like long form. But yeah, I get into it in my head. Oh, I love that. How do you balance your time as a working artist and now an entrepreneur? <laughs> Oh, that's my favorite question. Um, <laughs> you know, your full-time job, and this is what I learned at Juilliard, we, in our last year, uh, we have this class called Real World, and it's taught by an actor, like a working actor. At the time, it was like Kathleen McNinney. And she told us, like, your full-time job as an actor is looking for work. So if you're, if you're working, if you, like, booked a job and you're, like, working the job, like, that's the vacation. So <laughs> for, for me, I, I, like, love Luckily, I'm really good with money. So like I live a retired lifestyle. So I work and then I live and then, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to go work again. <laughs> so so it's actually pretty easy running a business as an actress. One of the actress entrepreneurs that I look to is like a sort of North Star is Jessica Alba. Uh, she launched Honest Company, you know, out of her kitchen, essentially. And that's uh, basically what happened with Four Naturals. Like I was trying to solve my own problem. And I solved it so well that I was like, it would be selfish to not release this to every black woman with type four hair. All right, last question before we get into it. What keeps you from reading? Oh my goodness, that's such a good question. So let me tell you what reignited my love of reading as an adult and sort of where I'm at now. So I graduated from school and I was watching an episode of South Park. And I, the episode of South Park was basically like a riff on Lord of the Flies. And it occurred to me that my trajectory in art school education meant that I kind of bypassed like having to read a lot of the things that were required reading at public schools. So my interaction with the world is limited if I haven't read the classics, right? Like I didn't have to read them. I went to an arts high school, two different arts high schools. I went 
went to Juilliard. So there were some texts that I did read that maybe, you know, the general public hasn't, but there are a lot of things that the general public has had to read and I didn't. So when I was 21, for about four or five years, I was just, I just read the classics. I read anything that was like older, that shaped American, like, culture, anything that would be referenced in like pop culture or whatever, just because I wanted to understand the frame of reference that the creators were working from. And I wanted to be in on the joke. And I wanted to be a good judge of whether or not it's a good joke or not, right? Like, (laughs) I read it, I read it. And I disagree with your take on that. I don't think that that's as potent as it could have been or, you know, whatever, that angle is like, "Mm, I don't really love that. But I can't interact with my media in that way if I haven't had the same frame of reference. Now, I've read so many that I'm just kind of like, Ugh, there isn't anything that I'm like really called to read, right? And so um, when I felt that, I I started getting into, oh, let me look up like Black women authors. Let me look up, you know, sci-fi that's like kind of like has a, a social justice like angle to it. Let me read. And so now I listen to audiobooks, which is like cool. And they're all like leadership and growth mindset books. But fiction, there isn't anything that I'm like, ah, but it's not because I hate it. So I'm open. Oh, I cannot wait to get into today's recommendations. So we're going to get to it. So over the next two rounds, we'll each introduce you to books that we love, both fiction and nonfiction. Now we get points based on how much you like the dates we set you up on. So you win no matter what, but one of us will win by being this week's best matchmaker. And if we win, we get to play for our favorite indie bookstores. So today I'm going to be playing for Commonplace Books in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Elena, who are you playing for? I'm playing for Antigone Books in Tucson, Arizona. And Kristen, which indie bookstore are you playing for? I'm playing for Skylight Books in Los Angeles. Okay. So Shalita, we're going to set you up with your literary meet cutes. We're going to zoom right in on those blurbs right away. And I'm going to let Elena start us. Okay, Shalita. So in your questionnaire, you said that your perfect Saturday consisted of a beautiful hike with your dog and girlfriend, and you named Brené Brown's The Power of Vulnerability as one of your favorite recent reads. That led me to believe that you also might like a recent memoir about the transformative powers of a hike, a really epic hike. I'm talking about summiting Mount Everest. In the Shadow of a Mo- of the Mountain is a memoir by Sylvia Vasquez Lovato, which came out in early 2022. Vasquez Lovato is the first openly gay woman to have taken on the seven summits, which means that she's made it to the top of the tallest mountains of every continent. But this isn't your usual adventure tale, though there is a really hair-raising sequence in the first chapter that heights-averse people like me should be aware of. The memoir is fueled by Vasquez Lovato's why, the life experiences, and the trauma that caused her to seek out a challenge challenge like climbing Mount Everest in the first place. Vasquez Lovato details her childhood in Peru, where political unrest outside and her father's tempers inside dominated her existence. And between the ages of six and nine, she was sexually abused by a family friend. Later on, these memories manifest in self-destructive behavior. She writes that her darkness was so big it cast a shadow, and the shadow of the mount mountain, Mount Everest, was the only thing that could swallow it and help her overcome everything that had happened to her. 
The book structure places both kinds of bravery, the physical and the emotional, on par with one another, and in doing so, shows how physical challenges can often lead to emotional healing. The memoir alternates between her trek to Everest's base camp, in which she's joined by several other survivors of sexual abuse and trauma from around the world, and her own story, including her immigration to the U.S., her journey with her sexuality, and her struggles with alcoholism. The honest, unflinching memoir makes the case on every page for pushing yourself past the limits of what you considered possible, and that vulnerability can be as brave as climbing a mountain. But since I'm really afraid of heights, this is as close as I'll ever get to Everest. That is In the Shadow of the Mountain by Sylvia Vasquez Lovato. Okay, so Lena's first round pick is In the Shadow of the Mountain by Sylvia Vasquez Lovato. Okay, Kristen, what's your first round pick? Okay, Shalita, in your questionnaire, you mentioned how much you love fall because of the clothes, and I couldn't agree more. It's obviously the best season. So I'd like to invite you to cozy up in your favorite trench coat and dive into the world of Jane Peck's The Verifiers. Claudia Lynn's family is under a few wrong impressions. First, that she still works for a financial company, and second, that she likes boys. Instead, Claudia is chasing down leads as an investigator for Veracity, an online dating detective agency whose clients want to know whether their matches are telling the truth about their lives. She's also struggling to date and to come out to her formidable mother, who wants her to find a nice Chinese boy. Soon enough, Claudia's assigned a seemingly simple case that unravels into something much bigger. Has someone at the highest levels of a dating app empire committed murder to cover up fraud? This fast-paced novel is a play on the detective story worthy of someone who stole every scene in season three of Search Party. You'll root for Claudia as she races across New York City on her bike, searching for clues and for the bravery to face her family. All right. So Kristen's first round pick is The Verifiers by Jane Peck. Okay, now for my first round pick. Shalita, you've talked about your classical training in the theater, and I know that your acting work has included everything from Shakespeare to you. So I thought you might appreciate the truest, weirdest theater kid book I've ever read, if you haven't picked it up yet. Trust Exercise by Susan Choi is basically three novels in one. The first part tells a love story gone awry at a performing arts high school in the 80s. And then just as you're comfortable with that story, Choi flips it on its head with the next two parts of the novel. In its essence, Trust Exercise accomplishes what a great detective show can. The reader desperately needs to find out who is who and what is true. Trust Exercise digs deeply into the environment of performing arts schools and theater in general for how it can create twisted and sometimes exploitative relationships. It sounds dark, and it is, but sometimes that's just what you need to hook you into a good book. Okay, so Shalita... Your first round picks are In the Shadow of the Mountain by Sylvia Vasquez Lovato, The Verifiers by Jane Peck, or Trust Exercise by Susan Choi. These are all really, really good. I mean, Shadow of the Mountain, that got me in the feels, man. I was like, wow, that's amazing. But... I'm going to have to go with uh, I'm going to have to go with Trust Exercise. Yeah. It sounds like a wild wild ride. It's a world that I'm relatively familiar with. Of I'd love to hear about theater in the 80s and to hear how like oh yeah, it could be it's still very toxic. It has its good points, but it could be very very toxic. So yeah, I'm I'm into it. Trust Exercise. 
All right. Excellent. And it's yeah, it's such a good book too. It yeah. is. It is. And when you get to the end and your mind is blown, you need to go and look at Constance Grady's explainer on Vox. It's really excellent. Hey, okay. Just, okay. Just a little hint. Just Thank a little you. hint. <laughs> okay. So after our first round, Elena and Kristen have zero points so far, but that doesn't mean they won't catch up. And I have 20 points as we finish things off. The points are meaningless, but the books are not. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're going to close out this round, play a little music, and we'll be back for round two of Blind Date with a Book. Welcome back for round two with Shalita Grant. We're recommending her some excellent books to break her out of her book slump. So, Elena, I'm going to set you up again to give us your second round pick. I have read my fair share of vampire novels, but I've never read one like Jewel Gomez's 1991 novel, The Gilda Stories. Its claim to fame is that it was the first black lesbian vampire novel to be published in the United States. And your love for Octavia Butler, and as you said before, sci-fi with sort of a social justice lens, leads me to believe that you'll enjoy its genre-bending, spellbinding approach to fantasy and its perspective on history, race, sexuality, and desire. The Gilda Stories opens in 1850 in Louisiana, where a runaway enslaved girl has been captured and after killing her bondsman, she finds refuge in the home of a mysterious woman named Gilda. Gilda and her lover, Bird, seem out of time. They don't age and they avoid the sunlight. Surprise, surprise, the rumors are true. They are vampires, but they have an ethical code. Though they drink blood, they're really feeding off of a connection to life. And in return for taking blood, they repay humans with a gift. They're able to alter thoughts and help people live their best lives, so to speak. So the girl ends up being inducted into being one of their kind, and she adopts the name of Gilda. Each chapter in the book follows Gilda in a different era and place. St. Louis in 1890, Boston in 1955, New York in the 80s. The book even goes up to 2050. In each story, Gomez imagines what it's like to be an aging vampire, weary and wise, looking for rare connections in a world filled with people that can never really understand her, as well as what it's like to move through the world as a black woman in these different periods. In your questionnaire, you wrote that now it's the best time to be you sometimes in some ways. And so this book is kind of like a thought experiment. Philosophical yet plot-driven, the Gilda stories will give you a lot to think about, including why hasn't it been adapted into a movie yet? <laughs> that is Elena's first round pick, The Gilda Stories by Jewel Gomez. That was Elena's second round pick, The Gilda Stories by Jewel Gomez. Okay, Kristen, are you ready to set us up with your second round pick? All right, Shalita, because you mentioned that you have a hard time settling into books, you're busy with that business and it's easy to get distracted or easy to not quite click with the book. I wanted to pick something that was quick, fun, and chatty. Samantha Irby's essay collection, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life, also unabashedly embraces vulnerability, albeit in a way that's completely different from Brene Brown. That's putting it lightly. Irby is unafraid of sharing things that are hard or uncomfortable, but she does so with an immense sense of humor. This collection is raucous. In the opening essay, she imagines applying to the bachelorette so she can bask in the attention of, as she calls them, 25 slabs of brisket. Then there's the unexpectedly funny and moving essay, dare I call it romantic even, about falling for a woman in the Twitter DMs and discovering a penchant for giving oral sex. Irby's also made the jump to writing for TV. She wrote The Incredible Pool Party episode for Hulu's adaptation of Shrill, and she's currently on the writing staff for the Sex in the City reboot, so she's one to watch. What's more, if you fall in love with this collection, she has two other books, plus a newsletter de dedicated to recapping Judge Mathis reruns, 
that you can dip in and out of whenever you need a laugh. All right. So Kristen's second round pick is We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby. Okay. So you say in your questionnaire that you consider yourself a romantic and that you love travel. And if you need the coziness of warm socks, plus the adventure of a great hike on a weekend, can I recommend the newest Alyssa Cole novel, How to Find a Princess? I am a sucker for retellings. So this is a queer Anastasia story about a long lost princess who falls in love with the female investigator charged with tracking her down. Alyssa Cole has a fantastic range. She's written historical, contemporary, and sci-fi novels. And in this novel, she writes a playful, funny, slow burn romance that includes pretending to be married on a ship while taking Makeda over to take the crown. And ship is totally the word for how you'll feel about Makeda and Bez, the two love interests. So How to Find a Princess is a fun read that definitely lets good things happen and shows two stubborn women falling for each other. So I think we gave you a good range of like more fun mm-hmm. reads this round. Mm-hmm. So so let me paste those in the chat for you. Okay, so Shalita, your second round picks are The Gilda Stories by Jewel Gomez, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby, or How to Find a Princess by Alyssa Cole. Okay, ladies, very, very interesting round. Got some points to give out. Um, so first things first, totally bought. Uh, we're never re- we're never meeting in real life. Uh, bought it, didn't finish it. I just I couldn't connect. I couldn't connect. So that's a good point. And you know, I'm totally gonna go with the Gilda stories on this round. Like that sounds really, really exciting. Oh, excellent. Because I love vampires. I used to read Anne Rice. <laughs> totally. When Elena was reading that, I was like, I'm jealous of this. This recommendation, <laughs> yeah. it sounds really fun. It's great. <laughs> it's, it is really like a radical. Like it feels, because it's so different from every other vampire book that I've read, but it's really like in tune with the mythology and it presents all these really big ideas, oh, but wow. the plot is good. Like it's kind of blowing my mind. I wish more people were talking about this book. I love big ideas. I love Elena because she just will grab this random book from 30 years ago that you've never read. And you'll be like, (laughs) what? I've never even heard of this book. And it's suddenly the perfect thing. Okay. Awesome. So after this round, Elena has 20 points because of your selection of uh, Jewel Gomez's book, The Gilda Stories. Kristen has a negative 10 points, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, no. no! (laughs) It's okay. Stand my books. I stand my books from the the negative side of the scale. (laughs) But I also have 20 points. So where this puts us at the end of round two is that Elena and I are tied. So we know that in real life, if you are on a dating app and two people were equally interesting to you based on their personalities, you'd pick the hotter person. So to break our tiebreaker, we're going to have you pick the hotter cover. So we're going to have you pull up the covers in a browser window of the oh. Gilda stories oh. and um, <laughs> and trust exercise. We're going to describe them to the audience at home who may or may not want to open up a browser window. And then you'll just tell us which cover you think is hotter. So give us a second here so we can pull those up. Okay. So the cover for trust exercise with Susan Choi, number one, if you're looking at the correct cover, you should see the beautiful national book award sticker, which tells you that you are an excellent company picking up this book. Um, It also contrasts nicely with the hot pink background and the green chairs, which you would know from 
being in lots of theater spaces, get moved around to do all kinds of scene work and practice. And it really sets up that idea of the theater being a kind of confessional space as well as a place that you exercise together. So the text or the font is sort of a, a soft white that intermixes with the chairs and it stands out enough that you get intrigued, I think, about this book. Elena, how about your book? So the cover of the Gilda stories is like a sepia-toned photo of a woman, and she's in profile. She's looking out into the hundreds and hundreds of years she's lived, I guess, ostensibly as a vampire. So I think this is who we're meant to think of as Gilda. And then around the corner of this sepia-toned photo, it kind of looks like, you know, when you were a kid and you tried to like age a picture, so you put coffee on it or tea bag. That's kind of how it looks. And then on the side, is, of course, it's blood, blood spatter, <laughs> blood splatter, because it sort of sets the mood. And then the Gilda stories itself um, is written in a font that also kind of looks like like a like a fairy tale plus more blood splatter. <laughs> Interesting font choice, um, and that's in red on her cheek. So definitely a moody, historic vibe. And I have to give a shout out to the model on the cover because she has excellent eyelashes. I would mm-hmm. love eyelashes that curly. Mm-hmm. All right, Shalita, what's your choice? Thank you so much, Rachel, for asking. Uh, first, <laughs> first, I've got to give out like you know the 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 uh, runner up. You know, Rach, you really went there. Uh, you know, trying to sexy up this cover full of chairs. Um, you know, you really. I was super impressed by how enticing you really did, in fact, make uh, a cover full of chairs. Um, so that was amazing. Super brilliant. However, I am not a uh, chair a file. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I have to give this to uh, Elena, who had the only cover with the human woman on it. Um <laughs> which is a pretty low bar, but uh, you know, I, I think you, you took it. You took it. <laughs> Thank you. And because of it, Elena wins today. Um, and so we'll be linking to Antigone books in Tucson, Arizona in our show notes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much for joining us today, Shalita. We hope that you find something good to read and you'll have to let us know afterward. So yes. where can we find you on the internet? What should we know about what you're working on right now? Yes, yes. You can find me uh, where you find most people um, on Instagram under my name, Shalita Grant, and Twitter. You can also check out uh, fournaturalshair.com. Our website is currently under construction for the new launch. We're doing a soft launch 214, but we will be fully up and going by the end of next month. So it'll have tutorial videos as well as where to shop the products and our blogs. Excellent. Okay. And Elena, the winner, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me hanging out with my vampire friends. No, um, (laughs) you can find me on Twitter at Elena Wonders and also on Instagram at Elena Wonders. And okay. And that's it. (laughs) Kristen, Kristen, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Paper Alphabet, P-A-P-E-R, Alphabet. And you can find me on Twitter as well at R.M. McKenney or on Instagram at Rachel Mans McKenney. You can find all the books that we talked about today in our show notes and the links will be going to Antigone Bookstore. You can find our show <laughs> online at blinddatewithabookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books you have fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. 
Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mance McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mance McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.